and rolling. Hello there, Andy and Zach, back at the kitchen table for another episode of the A to Z No BS Show. Sucking on the sippy cup right here. That is quite the sippy cup. She loves her sippy cup. Uh, handle on both sides. Mm -hmm. So in case she's right-handed, left-handed. She goes both freedom. hands usually. Oh, I never yeah. even, yeah. Maximum traction. That's a good point, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which begs the question, when do you have the notion of what handed they might be? Uh, I don't know, I mean, she, she typically move, plays with stuff, grabs stuff with her right hand. She sucks on her right thumb mm. the most. So I think she'll be right-handed, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she, she plays, use both, uses both hands, but she gravitates towards her right more than the left, I think. Is that something that, like, teachers, kindergarten teachers, like, look out for? Like, do they ever say, oh, try this hand, try that hand? I don't know. I literally, a week ago, so we just changed, or we're in the process of changing daycares, and I'm just now learning that there's actually, like, daycare pedagogy. Mm. Is that how you say that word? Pedagogy, maybe? Pedagogy. I think so. Pedagogy. 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 Yeah, there's like different types of like learning styles for children at mm. that level. I thought it was all just like playing games and coloring and whatever, but actually there's like a, there's a method to the madness apparently. Mm. So I'm sure somewhere in that curriculum, you probably do stuff like that. Yeah. Right um, but I'm, I'm learning. Like I said, a week ago, I was learning about different pedagogies. Mm. Right on. Yeah. Speaking of using both hands at once, we're talking about the peck stick. <laughs> I was like, oh. Where are you going with this? Uh-oh. For those who are in the know, I've been working on uh, my next online course, which centers around the peck stick or the spring stick or the torque stick depending on what you want to call it the torque stick mm. i like that one too <laughs> uh, or the power twister bar or whatever but uh yeah it's uh it's been really fun you know i think we've kind of talked about like one of the things that i love about the kettlebell is the creative constraints that are kind of built into like the nature of the training itself. So if you're locked in a room and all you have is a single 16 kilogram kettlebell, um, it may not be the most optimal thing to do. Of course, more options are better up to a certain point. Um, but past a certain point, more options uh, are not good. Paralysis by analysis. And there's lots of fun things that you can explore from a training perspective when your options are limited to a single tool or to a, a handful of, of tools. Hmm. So, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, some of the biggest, strongest people in the world have gotten that way from training with old rusty barbells. And as we know, you can have the most fancy most well-outfitted, most well-equipped gym in the world, and that isn't always conducive for getting super big and strong. I'd agree with that. The only thing I don't like about like old equipment is if the bars are bent. 
It's, sure. it's kind of like when you go to like a like a like a dive bar that has a pool table and all the pool cues when you roll them they're all like wobbly mm, right like it's fine but also the one thing i wish that was was decent was the pool cue or the barbell and beyond that if everything's rusty and dirty fine i don't care they don't we don't need air conditioning right although people complain at how cold my gym is oh yeah like lately yeah, even though it's been really, really hot out. They're like, Dude. oh, it's so chilly. It's 65 degrees in there. Oh, that's perfect. It, it, like, once you're moving, you're really happy yeah. for it. It's like optimal like training temperature. Of course. Anything above and beyond that. and like, it, Not that sweat's a bad thing, but there'd be a lot more sweat than there currently is. Yeah. I'd just be cleaning everything all the time. Anyway, mm. so tools. Tools. Specifically the pec stick. So a decidedly old school thing that definitely has some very simple, very old school uh, applications, but is you know more or less a one trick pony because all you can really do is just close it. You just close it and open it. Yeah, but the way you were describing it earlier and we can get into the details, you sound like, that's like saying all you can do with a skateboard is ride it. <laughs> Exactly. And the way that you were explaining the peg stick <laughs> earlier, I was like, I feel like you just did like a three flip mm. on the skateboard. And now I'm trying to figure out how you did that. Right. But yeah. So something that, again, like a skateboard, it just rolls. Yeah. <laughs> but it has many different applications for that one, uh, one action, so to speak. Yeah. So I figure we could kind of lead off with a little bit of my origin story um, with the peck stick. Um, when I was first getting into fitness, obviously like the old Dragon Door forums were like big for me. Um, and a big part of like kettlebell and functional fitness training, like a lot of it kind of dovetails nicely with strongman training and old time strongman training. So, uh, I would peruse the old, uh, Iron Mind magazines. Do you ever read Iron Mind? Mm-mm. You read magazines? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Oh boy. I've already gotten, I've already gotten that look. How old are you now? <laughs> old enough. Old the, the, forums, the forums make sense, the magazines. Okay, anyway, so you're reading magazines. <laughs> Did you, have you never subscribed to a magazine, Andy Van? I have, I just never read them. Okay, well, I also subscribed to all the guitar magazines. Still? You know, back in the, no, no. Okay. No, back in the day. Yeah, so I'd have magazines coming and going out of my house. Okay. Yeah. All right, right, so you're, so you're subscribing, the, describe the magazine. Describing the subscribed. To. Describing my subscription. So Iron Mind was, and I think probably still is, like a magazine that um, is kind of big in the strongman world, in the Olympic lifting world, in powerlifting, in uh, Highland Games. So that's kind of like the clientele right. that... Um, they kind of cater to. Um, but Iron Mind makes um, all sorts of kind of strongman-ish type training implements. So like the captains of Crush Grippers, uh -huh. um, like 
I think you can get those anywhere, but I think back in the day you could only order those through like Iron Mines magazine. Mm -hmm. Lots of grip implements. The thing that caught my eye was the nails. So they have like these like nail sets um, for bending. And so the hardest nail to bend in the Iron Mine set is the infamous red nail. Hmm. And it's actually part of like grip competitions. So there will actually, you can actually go and if you bend the Iron Mine red nail under a judge's supervision, that's like, that's like a huge accomplishment hmm. in, in the you know, grip training world. Um, in the bending world, so to speak. So I kind of got into that, into that world a little bit. And so I ordered a starter set of these short pieces of steel that they call nails. They're obviously not. I was wondering if they had like pointy edges. And no, stuff. they're not. They don't have a head and a pointy edge. They're just called nails because they're so, about. They're like metal rods. Yeah. Of like varying thickness, I guess. Yep, that's it. Okay. That's it. But rods don't sound as cool as nails. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So I ordered the starter set and, you know, you basically just get some leather uh, wrap and you just wrap up the ends. So you obviously, you know, don't want to impale your hand. Right. These things. Um, and so, yeah, so I tried my hand at bending. And so it looks like a bending a nail looks a lot like how you would bend a peck stick. All right. I have a question about these nails. Yeah. Once you bent them the first time, mm -hmm. was it like done? It's done. <laughs> okay. So that's... How many did, nails did you ruin? Oh, probably 50. Were they expensive? Um, I think they were probably like 25 or 30 bucks for the set. How many were in the set? I think around 50. Oh, okay. So that's not so bad. Like 50 cents a, a nail, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So every time you bent a nail, it cost 50 cents. Exactly. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that was kind of one of, the, one of the driving factors behind getting into the peck stick is because... It bends itself back. It bends itself back. <laughs> exactly. It's self-correcting. Exactly. <laughs> Right. So, so I, so I went through like this nail bending phase and it was really, really fun. It was, it was a blast. It sounds like a blast. But, <laughs> Andy, you know, I'm, you know, I'm into my weird hobbies, but the obvious thing was, is that it was pretty tough on your hands. And then you just have all this bent steel laying around. Right. And then you'd have to just buy more. So it really wasn't practical sure you know but it was fun and you got a hell of a forearm workout arm workout chest workout obviously and it was this it was this squeeze it was this bearing down um with tight arms strong pecs getting that getting that squeeze uh training that squeeze pattern so to speak and what it also forced you to do is to tighten up through the whole body, which is, you know, one of these training concepts that, you know, we certainly harp on with, you know, all of our major strength lifts. It's your setup, getting tight through the whole body. Um, so this like old time strongman stuff, 
very much kind of like fit the bill. Same kind of thing with uh, tearing phone books or tearing decks of cards. I got into... Did you ever roll a frying pan? No, I never got that far. No. It's pretty serious. It is serious. Do they, do they make um, flexible frying pans that bend themselves back? I don't think so. <laughs> they probably make fake, like, fake rubber ones that you can maybe like... Well, that'd be interesting. Hoax people into thinking that you're super strong. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, but then it would like like roll itself back. Yeah, you just have to like keep your Hold hand it on there it there and just be like, yeah. and then they'll be like, let me see it and be like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, this is mine. Toss it. <laughs> so <clears throat> I had that phase, kind of came and went. And then really when I first moved to Nashville, I went to a Dave Whitley old time strongman workshop. Mm. And Dave Whitley is. Um, a huge name in the kettlebell space. Was this over there on 4th Avenue at that spot? It was actually about probably two years after he left that spot. Okay. So the workshop itself was actually down in Franklin. Okay. Okay. Because I, I knew somebody in graduate school that I think was in Nashville and went to that spot for something like this. Oh, sure. And my timelines might be off, but yeah. 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 Well, he's done these workshops, you know, for years. Okay. I think I knew yeah. someone who went to that workshop. Oh, that's funny. Many, many, many years. This would have been 11 years ago-ish, maybe mm -hmm. more. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned rolling frying pans because Dave Whitley teaches this workshop with Dennis Rogers, who is a um, performing strongman. He's been on, like, TV a whole bunch of times, hmm. that kind of thing. And one of his shticks is rolling up a frying pan. And so he's a big, a big bender so to speak. Uh, so again, went to that workshop and we bent short steel, long steel, uh, a horseshoe. So all that fun stuff. So that kind of re like, kind of like re-engaged, uh, my interest in this old time strongman stuff. But again, it was like, where's the practical application? How can I, how can I bring this this idea of like a task-based thing. So that was mm -hmm. one of the things I also liked about it. It's like, however you do it, whatever your technique is. Now, of course, there's a lot of technique, but at the end of the day, it was just like, hey, experiment with this, experiment with that, depending on your leverages, to just bend this sucker any way mm -hmm. that you can. So it's like a task outcome-oriented, you know, training goal, so right. to speak. There's no like... There's probably some technique, but the goal is to bend the metal. Yeah, yeah. Roll so the metal. There's... Defeat the metal. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Conquer the metal. <laughs> Conquer the metal dragon. But again, like for practical purposes, like for our general everyday, you know, gen pop clients, it's like, how, how do we take this concept into the, into the gym, so to speak? Hmm. And pretty soon after that, I started getting into the work of Julian Pinot. Julian Pinot is this guy who um, has lots of wild, interesting training concepts that I got into. And one of, the th one of the tools that I saw him use was what he called the torque stick, which is the, the spring stick. And he used it as um, a way to encourage people to keep tension in the pecs through various exercises. And so I started experimenting with it and thought it was really cool 
And immediately I was like, oh, well, this is exactly what I was doing with the steel, with the nails, only it's repeatable, it's mm -hmm. user-friendly, it's scalable, because obviously mm -hmm. you can get you know, easier sticks and whatnot. Um, so I, I kind of got hooked. And so I've really been using it ever since. And after following his work, and then another guy who I follow, uh, DJ Murakami, who is also a big follower, a big fan of Julian Pinot and incorporates a lot of his ideas. I saw him using the peck stick in a lot of kind of fun, creative ways. Hmm. And that has now been probably five years now. Actually, I looked it up on Amazon. You know, Amazon will tell you like the last time you purchased yeah. something. So I had purchased a peck stick in, I think it was September of 2018. Hmm. I was like, oh, that's, that's a fun little time capsule there. Because I actually went back on Amazon to buy a heavier one. And, you know, obviously went to the same page. So kind of been experimenting with it ever since. And I have encouraged all of my training friends to pick one up because it's obviously not heavy. Doesn't take up much space. Mm -hmm. um, and so, travels. And travels. So you were obviously someone who I encouraged to um, check it out and incorporate it into, uh, you know, your gym space. So before I, you know, monopolize the whole conversation, the whole podcast here, how have you used the peck stick? I used it today, actually, with a client. We were trying to get um, sort of an upper body pump towards the end of our workout. And we'd already barbell bench pressed pretty heavy. So we went like three by five barbell bench. But he, he had done upper back and legs and he wanted to do like chest and shoulders. So that was our workout today was chest and shoulders. So we did barbell bench. And then our accessory movement was an EMOM of incline dumbbell bench, front plate raises and pec stick closes back to back to back for three rounds each. So and then I'm experimenting it with it with another group of guys. They want to do more like upper body pump work. And I don't normally incorporate, and by normally, I don't ever incorporate dumbbell flies in my workouts, my clients' workouts. I don't, I don't see the utility in it because the resistance curve, you feel resistance when you're like wide, like out wide from the body. But when you get, you know, when your arms are what, 10 and 2 o'clock, the resistance starts to change. So like you don't really get a good pump out of chest flies, whether it's incline, decline, flat, whatever. To counteract that in my gym, because I don't have a cable fly apparatus, what I'm going to start doing is dumbbell flies and peg stick closes because the dumbbell fly, the resistance is ex like way out wide and then easy on the inside. Peg stick close is easy on the outside, hard on the inside. So I'm going to superset dumbbell flies and peck stick closes to see if we can get some sort of fly training effect by using those two tools because they have opposite resistance curves. And then with one of my other clients, my, one of my elderly clients, he wants to do more upper body chest pump work. I brought the peck stick with me because we have, we have bands and we have dumbbells, but he can't lay back on his back. He can, he can sit upright or he can do push-ups, but like that's it for as far as like chest work or like do band-resisted pressing. 
we were kind of running out of options. So one day, I, like I was going to see him, and I saw the peck stick, and I was like, I'm gonna bring this and see, like, see what he thinks. He loves it, so he bought his own. Right so we'll do like push-ups into peck stick closes, or you know something like that where we can incorporate the peck stick, and then we'll do isometric holds with it. So like he'll do ten reps, and on the tenth one, we do a ten count isometric hold. So I use it as a lighter intensity, I'm going to say like 12 to 20 rep range, sort of chest accessory or finisher on occasion. But it always closes or some iteration of closes with like holds or, you know, whatever. I know I don't do all the cool fancy stuff you were telling me outside earlier. So... Yeah, I mean, I just again, I use it as closes, and I use it as like a cherry on top for a lot of other chest work that I can't hit the same with like dumbbells and barbells, or yeah. we're just tired of hitting the same with dumbbells and barbells. How can we incorporate the pec stick to, you know, beat up chest muscles differently and incorporate that around other chest exercises? Yeah, yeah. Well. Even if all you're doing is just the simple over or underhand close, I mean, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. All, all this other fancy stuff is definitely cool to experiment with, but I think the, you know, like they say like the, the killer application of the kettlebell is the swing. So if you just do nothing else but the swing with the kettlebell, you're probably getting most of the benefits from it. Right. I would say that's the same idea for the pec stick you know if all you do is just use it for chest burnout work then that's that's right on um but yeah i think it's a it's a great way to work the chest in usually a very shoulder friendly way right you know so um you know speaking to your point which i hadn't even considered uh it's again without a cable machine it's pretty hard to work your chest standing upright Right. And the pec stick allows you to, to do that. And it's fun. Yeah. Right? I mean, you put it in someone's hands, and what's, what's funny is if someone's, like, struggling with it, and they're like, ah, I can't get it, you know, they maybe get, and then they get a little bend. It's like, oh, okay. And mm-hmm. it's like your, your, your monkey brain lights up, and it's like, ooh, this is monkey man bend stick, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and then... Once your body kind of figures it out, you know, you kind of, you kind of break the ice and then you're off to the races. Right. Um, so that's always kind of fun, like kind of seeing people figure it out. And that's, you know, that's another thing is that you can give people a little, a little cueing, a little technique set up, like, you know, exhale with the effort, brace your abs, tighten your glutes, tighten your grip, all this basic stuff that we that we cue with any strength movement. But apart from that, there's no other technique to it. You just close it. Right. So again, it's kind of a, it goes back to that task completion oriented style of training that I like so much with steel bending. It's like by hook or by crook, if you bend the sucker, you did it. Right. Like you did it right. <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, it, it incorporates all those things into something that is, again, user-friendly, practical, <clears throat> and, uh, and repeatable. Right. Yeah. And again, it's, like, it's portable, it's compact, it doesn't, like, it doesn't occupy a ton of space, which is huge for my small training space at work. Like, 
it stores in one of the slots that I have for barbells, but it sits right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great little tool. Yeah, so it's fun. So um, for, for programming purposes, I, I kind of put the pec stick application into one of three buckets. A primer, a pumper, or a plaything. I'm glad you use peas. Yes, I, I like a little alliteration. Yeah, and from a marketing perspective, if you had said something else, I would have been like, bro. <laughs> you, you dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah, so, so a primer. So I will use the pec stick as a priming exercise or as a warm-up exercise for almost any other given lift. So I think pretty much any pressing exercise it makes sense if you're doing bench, if you're doing overhead press, um, you know, anything arm related, lateral raises, bicep curls, even tricep extensions. You just do a couple sets of that pec stick, warms you up, primes the upper body. Um, and I think there really is something to this idea of, you know, we, we always talk about the importance of activating the lats and mm. how the lats can be a big performance booster for so many, um, upper body exercises. Well, I think the pecs kind of fall right in line there too. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to kind of forget the pecs until you're actually doing something like a, like a fly. Right. You know? And, you know, even speaking for myself, like I know like when I was kind of in my formative training years, especially like with the quote unquote functional fitness side of things, it was almost like the pecs almost kind of fell into the same bucket as the hip flexors huh. as like, they're too tight. We don't need to train them. We just need to stretch them and focus on, you know, focus on Boo. the antagonist. You know what I mean? Boo. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you don't need a bench press, that whole thing. And there's probably some good merit to that, but you throw the baby out with the bathwater and you never train your pecs. You never train a mind muscle connection with the pecs or they become relatively weak compared to like your shoulders and that's not good for anybody. Hmm. So getting some mind muscle connection back in with the pectorals I think is important. Getting some blood flow into the pecs I think is also important for almost any upper body oriented session. Um, so as a warm up, as a primer um, is one great application. Next one being for the pump, which mm -hmm. you Describe to a T. I think like at the end of your workout, you can basically throw in pec stick closes just to burn out the upper body. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be, you know, again, one of these kind of like shoulder friendly ways to, to do that. Because, you know, going to failure on like a dumbbell bench eh, may or may not be appropriate for everybody. Going to failure on push-ups, again, relatively low risk. But anytime you got somebody with like a shoulder impingement or you know anything like that you know you always just kind of kind of got to be careful so i kind of look at the pec stick as as an easy way to burn out the upper body get in some good pump work hmm. and as arnold schwarzenegger tells us the pump is the best feeling that one could have hmm. in the gym and depending on who you are maybe in your entire life <laughs> so Priming work, pump work, and then finally for play. So 
one of the other kind of fun things that I learned like from Dave in the old time strongman stuff is, uh, you know, these strongmen who would do like these feats of strength at these shows, um, you know, there's, there's maybe some lore around how much weight some of these guys were actually lifting, mm. you know, maybe some tall tales, but the fact is, is that these were the strongest dudes around in an era before exercise science. Right. You know, we're talking 1800s, early 1900s. Um, I think the concept of like sets and reps didn't even come around till 30s, maybe? I don't 30s, know. 40s? I think DeLorme. Is it Tom DeLorme? Who's the... I don't know, actually. I should know that, but I don't. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure DeLorme was like the guy who basically gave us three sets of 10. Mm. So... All that to say, how did these old-time strongmen train? They picked a feat of strength, and they practiced it pretty much all day, every day. Some variation of it that wouldn't burn them out. Right. So one could say that they played with their strength, or they practiced, hmm. or you know, they just experimented with various different you know, fun, showy things to do for people for money. This idea of like not necessarily pushing to failure, um, being creative, having fun with your training um, it are some of the principles that, uh, again, we kind of learned in the Strongman uh, workshop. So this is also something that we would incorporate in like kettlebells as well. So having like a play day or a mm -hmm. play session where you just basically take three or five of your favorite exercises and there may be one or two exercises that you need to work on. Mm -hmm. And you just set a timer for half an hour, 45 minutes, and without adhering to any strict program or, or workout, scheme you just played with the exercises mm. you did reps until you felt like moving on to the next thing and so the idea was kind of always to kind of stay in a state of both physical and mental flow so like in the kettlebell space you would do like a get up to a press to a windmill to a get down to a floor press mm. Maybe flip over, do some push-ups, get up, do some swings, do some snatches, do a bottoms-up carry. Kind of constantly like mixing the stimulus, um, but staying moving. And again, not necessarily pushing into any sort of failure. Right. But just gives you the opportunity to, to play with your, your strength, so to speak. Hmm. So that, that idea has always kind of like resonated with me. So again, one of the reasons why I wanted to do like a full course and include a full vault of different pexic exercises is to kind of give you dozens and dozens of different options for how you could use the stick, how you could incorporate it into your priming work, into your everyday strength work, into your pump work. Um, and then also if you just wanted to, you know, have a stick, and a kettlebell in your living room, and you're like, I don't really want to do anything in particular, well, throw on 
a TV show, 20 minutes on the clock, and play with all these different variations. Yeah. And that can yield some of uh, that could that could yield some some fruitful uh let's say mental gains or you know mind muscle connection gains is just to just to be creative be creative with your training so that was like the third big application so to mm. speak that i i kind of um i kind of gave to the pec stick there and again a lot of this stuff also kind of comes from a lot of the same training concepts that um, I've been using with a kettlebell for, you know, over 10 years now. So can you give us like a, what's your favorite? Can you pick a favorite? Can you talk about your, do you want to talk about your favorite like primer, trumper and player? Yeah. Okay. For sure. So from a priming standpoint, I think, I think the basic hold and close is great. And then I would also incorporate like some lower body movement. So you could close, hold, and just do body weight squats. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. And then you could, you could close the stick on your way down into a squat and then open it to come back out or vice versa. You could squat down and then close it as you're standing up. Oh, okay. So you can play around with it in that, in that kind of way. Um, holding the stick closed and then doing like some basic hinges is kind of fun. Okay. Single leg deadlift, just regular, regular hinge. What if you could incorporate, I'm going to spitball, what if you did the one through the kettlebell mm -hmm. and then you did like a good morning? Bingo. Mm, is that one in your vault? It is. Oh. Yep. <laughs> it is. But, no, I mean, you're, you're barking up the right trees. Yeah. So you can kind of see how if you take... I'm learning. If you take the basic close and you say, okay, with a stick, we can close it, we can open it, or we could keep it closed. Okay, so those are like three applications. And then you could say, well, then you have everything that you could do from a lower body standpoint. And from an upper body standpoint, we can hold it overhead, we could hold behind the head, we could hold behind the back. Hmm. Um, and then how do we load it? Well, you can spear the kettlebell, um, like, like we've talked about. Um, you can also uh, grab a resistance band. You could do like a dual grip where you, uh, you know, grab a resistance band and then you sandwich it against the um, stick handle. Mm -hmm. So you can do uh, various pulling motions as you're closing the stick or holding the stick closed. That gives you a whole another set of, of opportunities. So then you start kind of mixing and matching all these different things. You have, you have how you're holding the stick. You have the various types of resistances. You have the various shapes that you can either be incorporating with your upper body or your lower body. Um, so yeah, so you can obviously see how in no time flat, we have dozens and dozens of different, different exercises. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I mean another, I think, uh, overall good one for, for a priming exercise. This is pretty gnarly. Um, you get into a low forearm plank position. Okay. You close the stick 
and you keep your elbows on the ground, but you raise your hands. So you're you're squeezing mm -hmm. like this as you're in a plank position. Oh, that's well. Yeah. If you've got some sliders from that position, you could also do a body saw. Whoa. Yeah. Shaking like a leaf on a tree, let me tell you. Those are obviously, you can imagine, those are like high intensity, like oriented exercises where you're holding like an isometric, mm -hmm. maybe a dynamic isometric, you know, depending on what else you're doing with your body. Um, now the catch 22 there is, is that if you're using these as like priming exercises, it's kind of easy to get carried away. Right. So from that standpoint, like if you're doing like a pec stick plank for, I would say maybe two sets of maybe 15 to 25 seconds, that's as good of like a core primer for deadlifts, maybe for squats. So you don't need much. Hmm. On the other hand, for like the pump up or the burnout oriented exercise um, application, I think the implications there are pretty obvious. Hmm. You just do a bunch of volume um, or hold a bunch of time under tension. Hmm. Um, so we've done, we've done uh, like the, the pec stick carry where you just loop it through the kettlebell and you just walk around. Yeah. We've done that at the gym a few times. Yeah. That's like one of my favorites. You know, you just do like a pec stick carry for 30 seconds and then drop down into push-ups or... Bruh, that's brutal. You know, any other given like upper body exercise. Um, there is a fun... Let's see. If you hold the stick out like downwards at like a 45 degree angle and you take like an underhand grip on the far side and you kind of anchor the close side to the top of your shoulder, uh -huh. you can do like a, a bicep curl. After you showed me this, or I think we talked about this, I tried this at my gym. It was, yeah. it was wild. It's it's a little awkward. Yeah. But again, if you're doing it for like pump work, you could just do it like super slow for four or five reps, drop it, pick up your dumbbells, bang, right into your, your hammer curls. Busting your, sleeves. That's the idea. Yeah. And then, you know, again, for something like uh, just like a, a play application, Honestly, that's what I've been doing for the past, like, couple months coming up with, like, all the content for this course. Right. Because I kind of think, okay, we take, a, we take a basic movement pattern, let's say. Let's say the squat. Say, like, okay, well, how are all the ways that I could squat with this thing? Right. You know? And so you say, okay, we've got the kettlebell application. We've got... Um, uh, Zercher application, you can you know hook a barbell you know on the crooks of your elbows. Mm -hmm. well, that leaves your hands free. Watch out. Bend a pec stick. Watch out. I haven't forgotten about Zercher squats until just now. Yeah. I had a client doing them for a while, and then we dropped them, and then I forgot about them. Oh, I'm here to remind you. And then, man, really, uh, uh, an interesting feeling is the pulling motion with the pec stick. Mm. So. And uh, a simple one is having like a resistance band affixed to a rack and you do that dual grip that I was mentioning. So you've got a pec stick and a resistance band in your hands. Right. So bending the pec stick, holding it closed as you're doing a row against a resistance band. Mm. So you're, you're working your pecs and your rowing motion 
at the same time, which is kind of a wild... Impossible. <laughs> it's a wild thing to kind of figure out. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's another, like, really fun one that will... Uh, yeah, it'll burn you out pretty quick. Okay. So, yeah, those are, those are a few ideas, and many, many more are, are in the course. I mean, honestly, there's still dozens of ways that you could use the peck stick that I either haven't even thought of, haven't come up with, and, you know, that obviously aren't in the course. But by going through the drills and by going through the concepts and the, you know, the material in the course that I have coming out, um, it'll give people a lot to chew on. It sounds like it. Yeah. You probably do an entire workout with just the peck stick and, like, get smoked. Oh, absolutely. You're, like, blowing my mind with all the... Again, I thought you just ride the skateboard and you're over here like, oh, no. There are so many things you can do with this tool. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the first guy who, uh, what do you do when you come up on the rail? Like a, like a 50-50? Yeah, but you call it, what do you call it? Uh, a board slide? A board slide? If it's on the wood, yeah. If it's on the truck, on both trucks, it's a 50-50. Okay. And yeah. then, or a grind. Do you call it like grinding? Grind. Yeah, yeah, if it's on the trucks. But if it's okay. on the board, it's a board slide. Okay. Well, see, there you go. Or no slide or tail slide. So who is the first guy who... Front side, back side. Exactly. I don't. I don't know. I, I know for a lot of the flip tricks, I, I don't. Anybody quote me? I think Rodney Mullen is like the grandfather of modern day skateboarding. Right. The first guy who's like, okay, this is fun on the ground, but if we hop up on this railing, it's like, whoa! Didn't know we could do that. You're like, or like Tony Hawk. Like Tony Hawk, the way that he got to be so successful was because in the '80s and '70s and '80s when he was coming up at with vert skateboarding in the pools that they drain the water mm. to, to do tricks out of the pool. Most guys were just like muscling their bodies off the wall. Mm. They didn't ollie off the wall. They just sort of like threw their body off the wall, but it wasn't an ollie. It was weird. Rod, or not Rodney Mullen, but Tony Hawk was the first person in part because he was too light. He was, he's, not heavy enough to like really whip around those pools. Mm. He was the first one to start ollieing out like off the wall and out of the pool. So he was getting more air mm. doing this vert skating. So he was vert skateboarding. And at the time, everybody was like, you're breaking the rules, bro. You can't do that. You can't ollie out of the pool. He's breaking the rules. And there are a lot of people who are real mad. And Tony Hawk is probably one of the greatest of all time. He's not my favorite skater, but mm. point being, he took a tool that everybody was using for one thing or doing like one or two things, and he expanded on it. That's what you're doing with this peck stick right now. You're blowing my mind. That's, that's my goal, I thought, dude. I thought you just bent it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, yes. I thought you just pecked it. At the end of the day, you just peck it. You it's... just upped it and downed it. Yeah. And I tell my clients, I'm like, I don't know, whichever one you like better. Yep. Yeah. So, I do, I do like that you've organized it, though, because in my head, I, like with the peg stick, because it's a relatively new tool, I don't, I, I don't have a way of organizing my thoughts in terms of programming with it. I just use it mostly for the pump feature. I hadn't considered it for a prime or a play. And play is the most challenging thing, I think, with a lot of gin pop yeah. uh, client programs. Because most of the meat and potatoes of training is not play, it's work. 
which is good, but like also it's it's difficult to make a trap bar deadlift feel like fun, <laughs> you know. So, right. organizing the pe- a tool into prime and pump and play, I like that because then it gives me options to choose from to apply at different parts of the session or different days of the week or whatever. Whereas I would have just been like, I don't know, just close it. 20, 20, is 20 hard enough? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's cool, dude. Well, I'm excited. So, all right. So, you're, you're hoping this thing is done and ready to, to pump out when? Friday. Usually when I publish this podcast. Mm-hmm. Usually. Used to be. Yep. Then I, then I became a dad. And time ceased to have any meaning. <laughs> all right. So, Friday, September 1st. Oh. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yep, Labor Day weekend. Oh. So, um, I will certainly have some sort of uh, discount code um, for like the launch week. Sure. So, um, get on it early if you want it at the best price. And the course will also include um, a lot of bonus material. Um, All this programming stuff, um, some programming uh, examples. I actually took a few... Um, actual like real life client um, examples, program examples um, that I'm throwing in there. Um, I'm also throwing in the NWA protocol, the neck, wrist, ankles. I was wondering how you were going to navigate that for uh-huh, a second. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is a series um, of uh, mobility and stability drills for those three areas of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, each one of those kind of broken down into like three levels of like kind of like a minimum baseline, something that would be, you know, good to incorporate into your training. And then like a level three is like kind of like the more like hardcore stability and strength oriented drills for those three areas. Hmm. So that was like a whole another project that I'd always had on the back burner that I kind of simplified and packaged and I'm including, um, as a bonus in the course. Um, also the, um, pec stick workshop that I did for Liftapalooza, mm. which I think was on the day that you weren't able to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, um, workshop was filmed. So it's about an hour of content that I'm also including in on the course. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's the gist of it. So, you know, really at the end of the day, um, every time I would like get somebody to, Try the pec stick for the first time, and like the first things out of their mouth was like, "This is super fun." Mm-hmm. That is the only light bulb moment that I really needed to kind of continue on, like experimenting with it, and to create a resource like this. That's very cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, to kind of state the obvious, it's a little weird. It's a little goofy. I mean, again, I'm like the kettlebell guy. So they're like, what's, what's this stick? And why have a whole training course just on this one weird tool? Um, so you can show me that there's a bajillion things you can do with a pick stick because I wasn't doing all those things. Yeah. I was using it for like one very limited thing. And truthfully, I, this is true. Part of me, like I like it, but part of me is like, it's only got one thing. Right. And now I've got like things I can do with it. Like a lot of things I can do with it. And also, too, that just opens up a whole arena worth of, like, programming stuff. Yep, exactly. Instead of just being like, I'm just going to close it. Yeah. Uh, up ways this time. 
There you go. <laughs> one, just one little thing at a time. Up ways or down ways. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like anything else. If you get just like one nugget or one exercise um, that is like an unlock for your training, well then it's it's worth the price of admission. It's worth yeah. experimenting with. Yeah, that's great stuff. Yeah. So, uh, again, I, uh, I don't think I have a live website for the page right now, but it will probably be zachhenderson.com slash peck-course, P-E-C-course. Um, but wherever you follow me on social media or on the website or email, um, you will definitely be able to find it. And I'll also share it. Thanks, man. Got you. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's, that's the project I've been working on for uh, the past few months, and I'm really happy with it. I'm really excited. Um, the course layout is um, pretty cool. I, I hope it's well organized. Um, but yeah, it'll be just like any other uh, course where you'll have um, a website that you go to with your own like login information, mm -hmm. and it's all there. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. So... That's my story, and, uh, and I'm sticking to it. So happy, happy peck sticking out there. Hmm. <laughs> I need to come up with a good sign-off, you know, but... Happy, happy bending. Happy bending. Oh, <laughs> so, that's, so that's a whole other thing that um, I haven't utilized as much in the promotion, which I haven't really done much of, um, is I actually started Googling, like images of people bending things so this bender so there's bender right and you know what's actually kind of funny i couldn't really find that much on the internet i couldn't find that many images or videos of bender bending things really yeah like i mean i know he does right i used to be a big futurama buff right um but there is this one episode where he bends unbendable steel yeah that's, I, I got a couple of screenshots off of that. Nice. Um, so there's like, you know, all the old Hercules movies, there's like always a scene where Hercules like bends like a big lamppost or something. Hmm. Um, so I've got a bunch of screen grabs of like the old Hercules like bending stuff. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman, one of her sticks was uh, like grabbing a bad guy's gun and, and bending it. Oh, that's cool. Yep. But yeah, Bender. Bender from Futurama was mm. definitely a, uh, a, a training motivation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, bend it like Bender, and uh, that's it for me. Andy Van, anything else to wrap up with? Nope. That's all I got. Dig it. Well, this has been the A to the Z. Whoa. <laughs> I'm a little dehydrated. I'm talking this. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to get you a water. Oh, earlier. buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Quite all right. Next time. It's been a day. This has been the A to Z No BS Show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Goodbye. <laughs>